please help me welcome to the microphone, ladies and gentlemen, for the second time during this conference, Dr. Cindy Trim. Amen. Please remain standing as we salute the visionary convener of this great service and the person of Pastor Taiwu and his lovely, lovely wife. Grab your neighbor's hand, our Father and our God, for the time allotted, we thank you for a fresh anointing that the heavens will be open over our lives. I pray that you would think through my mind, speak through my lips, let there be none of me, all of you. Thank you for giving me this great opportunity, not only to be uh, in this great country, but to be amongst great people. We celebrate Nigeria, and we celebrate the citizens of Nigeria. And we call this nation blessed. We thank you that Nigeria is a light to other nations and its emerging economy will not be stopped. I decree that Nigeria's branding changes. She shall be known as, as one of the greatest um, economies and a superpower within the continent of Africa. I thank you now, Father, because Nigeria is a nation that loves you, that serves you. Father, disappoint their enemies. And let this nation be as great as you ordained it to be. We thank you now, Father, for speaking a word that will encourage and inspire and motivate. I pray that you would bless me. I decrease that you may increase. Let the anointing revolutionize the minds of those that hear. Let there be a paradigm shift and let there be empowerment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may take your seat. So many people come to conferences and they put their lives on repeat. It's almost as if their lives stutter. They go from conference to conference and they attend conference to conference, but a year from now, their life is exactly the same and they're praying exactly the same prayer and very little, if anything, has changed about their lives. And so today, I decided to be an object lesson to wear exactly what I wore yesterday, the exact shoes the exact clothing, the exact jewelry, and put on the makeup pretty much as much as closely as I did yesterday, the same color lipstick, the same eyeshadow, just as an object lesson. A lot of times we show up and it's not about the clothing, it's about our lives. And nothing about your life should look the same. You may look the same outside, but on the inside, everything about you should change. You shouldn't come into the presence of God, the anointing of God. You shouldn't sit under the word of God and be thinking the same way that you thought before you entered the service. Something about you should have changed. No one should treat you the same way that they treated you last year, this year, because there should be some evidence, some proof, something that you're saying should be different, the way you're thinking should be different, what you're speaking about, what you anticipate, what you expect, 
your strategy should change. And every season that you go into spiritually, you should have a new strategy for that season. If you are going into a new season and your strategy hasn't changed and you reach back to an old season to use that strategy, it means that you drag your past into your future until your future looks exactly like your past. It's called a stutter. It's a spiritual stutter. People that stutter repeat a word over and over and over and over again until they're able to finish that word. Moses had a stutter. And the stutter was an actual indication of what would happen to the nation. They would go in a cycle and they would repeat over and over something that they went through one year. It would be repeated the next and repeated and repeated. They went 40 years stuttering. Moses was the object lesson of a paradigm. And unless you have a change of paradigm, what is a paradigm? A paradigm is how you interpret life's occurrences. It's, it's the glasses that you see by. It's how you ingest information and ingest stimulation and it's how you interpret it. It's your mental model. It's how you filter the things that are going on around you. Unless you have a paradigm change, you will always filter things as a victim. When God delivered you, he not only liberated you, he freed you. To be liberated is an individual thing, but to, to be freed is a corporate thing. People fight for liberation. An individual will fight. But when we talk about freedom, you don't fight as an individual. You fight as a nation. Your government fights for you. The government will send troops out to give you freedom. Liberation has a lot to do with what a person is entitled to. Freedom is constitutional. It means that your government is obligated to ensure that the mechanisms are in place, that you're freed from terrorist attack and you're free from bondage. The day that you got saved, you became a citizen of the kingdom. And your king has an obligation. It's a constitutional obligation. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And this freedom is not just for some of us. This freedom is for all of us. All of us that live in the kingdom, we're free. Liberation is for a 
an individual to gain wealth. But freedom has to do with commonwealth. It means that if your government does it for one, he has to do it for all. So why doesn't all of us succeed in progress and prosper? Has to do with our mentality. Has to do with our paradigm. It has to do with how you sit in a service and receive a truth. A paradigm protects you. It's supported by tradition. And I've learned one of the things that is the hardest to deliver a person from, and that is their traditions. The Bible calls it the traditions of man. So in order for you to have a paradigm shift, you've got to know how a paradigm is formed. A paradigm is formed, number one, how you were brought up by your parents, your socialization. Secondly, the culture that you grew up in, that's culturalization. Thirdly, your education. Education perpetuates a culture. So it's the education. Fourthly, it's your relational constellation. And so if God is going to bring freedom to you from the forces that shaped a paradigm that kept you in darkness, The Bible said, if you are not born again, you are in the kingdom of darkness. But Christ came to translate you into the kingdom of his dear son. You came to be translated. I want to float that word translate as a balloon. Because it's going to be the foundation upon which we preach tonight. When he translated you into the kingdom of light... It's amazing how many people are still walking as if they're walking in darkness, living as if they're walking in darkness. Darkness is not just the absence of light. Darkness is the absence of information. It's the absence of revelation. It's the absence of wisdom. When you're translated into the kingdom of light, it's a kingdom of wisdom. It's a kingdom of information. Is the kingdom of inspiration. It's the kingdom of light. Light doesn't create anything. Light exposes things. So many can't see how they're going to make their way out of something or see how God is going to do it or can't see how things would change is because the enemy has pulled the wall over our eyes. And so when you come to church, you don't come for entertainment, you come for education because the church is the educational institution of the kingdom. Education is the only institution. There are five institutions. And education is the only institution that every citizen of every kingdom is legislated that they must matriculate through. You are not legislated to grow up in a family. They can't legislate that. 
You are not legislated to be married. You are not legislated to be in government. You are not legislated to even come to church. But you are legislated to be educated. These are the five institutions that form the pillars of society. We all know that four out of five is broken. We know that the secular education is broken. We know that government is broken. We know that families are broken. We know that marriage is broken. The church is the only, four, only one out of five institutions that is not broken. Why? Because man did not create it. God created the church. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. We have seen the enemy prevail against the family. We've seen the enemy prevail against government. We've seen the family prevail against marriage. But one of the institutions the enemy cannot and will not prevail against, and that is the church. Scripture says, know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if you're the temple, that means that you're the church and you're the church and I'm the church. That means wherever you show up, that's where the church is. The problem with the church is we've lost our identity. And we're in the middle of an identity crisis because we keep thinking that we're a religious institution. And we keep believing that we are serving God when we show up in a building. The building is not the church. The building is only where the church meets. But if we were to take all of you and put all of us in the middle of a sports arena, the church is there. Any place could be transformed as long as you show up. And because the spirit of God is in you, wherever you show up, you have the power to shift the environment. You have the power to change the trajectory of any community, any relationship, any industry, any field. You have the power because you are a glory carrier. Environments are organism specific. And so fish have to have a wet environment. You take the fish out of water, it dies. Plants have to have a dirt environment. You can put some plants in water, but if it's not planted in dirt, it will die. The natural man has to be living in an oxygen-rich environment. You put man in water and submerge him, he'll die. Bury him under dirt, he will die. The natural man needs oxygen in order to thrive, in order to live. An oxygen-rich body is a disease-free body. But your spiritual man, your spirit man, does not need dirt, it does not need water, it does not need food. In order for your, your spiritual man to thrive, it needs the anointing. It needs glory. 
Adam lived in a glory-rich environment. The anointing is to God's glory what wet is to water. You cannot have glory without the anointing. And we focus so much on the anointing, we forgot about God's glory. The Bible said everything that God created has its own glory. There's the glory of the moon. There's the glory of the sun. When we say that we're glorifying God, what does that mean? When the sun glorifies God, it's hot. And it's light. When the moon glorifies God, it regulates the tides. It complements the sun. It doesn't compete with the sun. It complements the sun. When a tree glorifies God, it produces fruit. It produces housing for birds. It produces shade for men. When water glorifies God, It refreshes you, it cleanses you, it hydrates you, it cleans you. So how does man glorify God? What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou should visit him. You made him a little lower than angels. You crowned him. And then you gave him dominion over the works of your hands. Unless you are dominating in your industry, unless you are dominating in your field, you cannot come to church and just say glory. You cannot glorify God until you maximize your potential, until you hone your skills. You've got to reconnect not only to purpose, but potential. And unless you're fulfilling your assignment, Within a particular generation. Unless you know your why. Why am I here? You will never be able to glorify God. Sitting in church and saying glory is not glorifying God. You got to maximize your potential. And God has a way of helping us to pay attention. Turn to your neighbor and say pay attention. Just pay attention. In the U.S., we have a term, stay woke. Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up and stay woke. Tell the person on your left, stay woke. Tell the person on your right, stay woke. Tell the person behind you and in front of you, stay woke, stay woke, stay woke. If you don't pay attention, you're going to keep paying and paying and paying and paying. And your life is going to stutter. Yesterday when you saw me, I looked the same. Tomorrow, something about your life should have changed. Something that you're doing, your mind, you should have a new strategy. Every year you need an upgrade. Every season... You have to have a new strategy. How do I know when a season has, has ended and a new season began? It's, it's determined by what you speak. The moment you release something out of your mouth, it has the power to change your season. 
What are you decreeing? What are you declaring? And unless you have a vision for your life, your declaration just hits a, 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 a ceiling and it falls back to the ground. Because it's just an idle word, an idle word. What is an idle word? An idle word is anything that is spoken and released out of your mouth that has no kingdom assignment. It's not attached to anything. If you're praying the same prayers that you prayed last year, and something about the construct of your prayers have not changed, your life is on stutter. When God gets ready to change a season, he'll introduce a new person into your life. That means the old person that is occupying a specific space has to go. How do you know when you've come to an end of a particular relationship? There's pain and frustration. Pain is an indication that your season is shifting. And there are some things and some people you have to walk away from. And there might be people that you love. And walking away from is a spiritual act. When we talk about walking, we are not talking about something that is physical. We're talking about something that is spiritual. When you walk, it has to do with dominion. If you're around people that dominate you, if things are dominating you, if conditions are dominating you, you are no longer living in the kingdom of light. You are living in the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of light is a kingdom of empowerment. The kingdom of light is demonstrated in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the litmus test. And you have to have all three operating in your life. Righteousness. There are some people that live right. They're righteous. But they have no peace. And they have no joy. You're not in the kingdom. There are some people that have joy. But they're not righteous. And they don't have peace. But when you're in the kingdom, you have all three. When you live in the kingdom, your life is fruitful. Fruitfulness is the first law of success and prosperity. It was a mandate that God gave to Adam. And God spoke to his potential. A mandate is always a precursor to a mindset. If God commissions you to do something, if he says build, if he says write, if he says lead, if he says govern, if he says preach, if he says sing, if he says dance, and you've never taken dancing lesson, you never got a PhD in corporate governance, you never had a degree in law, if you've never danced a day in your life, sang a day in your life, and you get a mandate from God, 
It is a precursor to a mindset and the mindset is always attached to potential. Potential is something that is unrealized. Is a song that hasn't been sung. Is a book that hasn't been written. Is a business that hasn't been started. Potential is what you have the ability to do. Innate ability given to you by God. But you have not yet done it. The future stretches ahead of you. And just by way of correction, I worked for government in the Ministry of Finance. I worked as a part of a team to create the budgets for government. And then I managed the budget for all the government departments. I worked in the Ministry of Finance. I worked in the Ministry of Education. But I also sat in the Senate before I was 30. I was government, the leading ruling party. I was slated to be the first black female premier of my nation. Slated. They were training me. They were giving me the world on a silver platter. I was just good at what I did. I excelled in everything. But at 32, I retired. And I've been doing this to empower God's people. And I never once had to compromise my Christian values. I never compromised. God just, just gave me favor and gave me wisdom. Wisdom is a game changer. Wisdom... It promotes you. The Bible said wisdom preserves you. Wisdom activates Psalm 91. It actually activates. The moment you get wisdom in your life, it activates. It preserves you. It hides you in the secret place of the Most High God. Wisdom. Wisdom gives you a place of honor. Where people begin to honor you, respect you, esteem you. Wisdom gives you influence. Wisdom gives you the ability to create wealth. Wisdom will make you a money-making, wealth-creating machine. People will work for money, but money will chase you down. It will find you everywhere you are. You would never have to work for money another day in your life. You will be a money magnet. You will attract wealth. You will attract opportunity. You will attract people. You would never have to drop a name in order to have a door open. But people will use your name to have doors open. I decree and declare this is the last day you're going to have to drop someone's name. This is the last day you're going to have to take a photo op in order to get doors open. I decree that even as Jesus was given a name above every name, God is changing the equity of your name. I decree right now God himself is 
is your PR specialist. He's going ahead of you. He's announcing your coming. He's testifying of how good you are. He's dropping your name in the air of great man. Even as Daniel's name was dropped in the air. Hallelujah of a great leader. Even as Joseph's name was dropped in the air of Pharaoh. I decree that God himself is dropping your name in someone's ear. I decree this is the last day you will have to write a resume. Your name alone. Just your name. When you hear the name Enoch, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? God is shifting your paradigms. He's shifting it. The way you see yourself in this world is shifting right now. The way you talk about yourself is shifting right now. The way people talk about you is changing right now. People are going to talk highly of you. People are going to want to take photo ops with you. You no longer have to worry about social media. I decree after tonight, social media is going to be lit up with the things that you're going to do for God. You're going to do great things. You could feel it. You can sense it. God is not playing games with you. You want it. You desire it. The opposite of lust is desire. You don't have to lust for anything. Because God gives you the desires of your heart. Why you want to do things. Why you desire to be a certain place. Why do you desire it? It's because God dropped it in your spirit. It's a part of your DNA. It's a part of your biological blueprints. It's a part of your genetics. Everything about you is purpose built. Everything about you is engineered for a specific assignment in a specific season. The way you look at things. Everything about you. God didn't make a mistake. Why be a poor copy of someone else when God made you the original? Why be a quotation of someone else's purpose when God gave you a purpose unique to you? You don't have to live as a duplicate and your life does not have to be on stutter. God has great plans for you, amazing plans for you and is not predicated by a zip code. Because the moment you're obedient and you find the place of your assignment, that place has to provide the resources in order for you to fulfill it. So where you're born is, de 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 is designed by God. And God has a designated place for all of us. If you're in the wrong place, there's no resources. But if you're in the right place, there are resources. And this is not just natural, this is spiritual. Many of us are pitching in a low realm. When God said, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which were above. You were pitching too low. You were expecting too little. And you're living in the wrong realm. It's time to be elevated. It's time to elevate your thinking. It's time to increase your expectations. You serve a big God. Great is our Lord, greatly to be praised. 
And God is going to do some great things. And this is a season that God is going to take your life off a stutter. He's going to give you a new paradigm of leadership. When people think of industry leaders, a picture of your face is going to show up in their brain. When they think of someone influential, your face is going to show up in their mind. When they think of someone powerful, your face is going to show up. When they think of someone wealthy, your face is going to show up. When they think of someone wise, your face is going to show up. When they think of someone intelligent, your face is going to show up. When they think of someone whatever, your face is going to show up. When you, they think of someone who is a leader, the charge and changing the way we do life your face is going to show up when they think of it, a human humanitarian your face is going to show up when they think of a great preacher your face is going to show up when they think of the best lawyer in Nigeria your face is going to show up when they think of the best dancer your face is going to show up when they're looking for business strategy your face is going to show up when they think of the best and the brightest in Nigeria and the best and the brightest in the world they are going to think of you they're not only going to think of you that way they're going to treat you that way your days of being overlooked are over your days of being devalued are over People that overlooked you last season are going to be forced to look up you to you this season because your mind is going to be changed. When you're in the kingdom, there is a revolution that goes on in your mind. You are no longer conformed to this world. You are being transformed by the renewal of your mind. The renewal of your mind dictates to a paradigm shift. A paradigm is created by socializing by education, by culturalization, and by relationships. And if those are the four ways that a paradigm is created, in order to have a paradigm shift, it means that you have to change your socialization. This is why the day that you were saved, you became a part of the family of God. And God made you a part of his family so that you can learn what it means to live in royalty that means that the first thing you need to know about the kingdom the kingdom is God's rule through man and a rising up of royal priesthood the kingdom of heaven has to do with royalty you're the king's son the king's daughter and he has brought you in as his sons and daughters He's adopted you into his family. You've got to change education. Education is why you came here. You didn't just come here to feel good. You came here to think good. You're here to have challenge. This is why faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Because what God is after is a paradigm shift. You have to change culturalization. The culture of the kingdom of darkness is different from our culture. It's a culture, kingdom of darkness is a culture of bondage. The kingdom of light is a culture 
of empowerment. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and soundness of mind. He gives you power over the enemy. Listen, Satan is not the opposite of God. He's not equal to God. God is sovereign. Satan is a fallen angel. So why would you award the devil the same plane as God when he's not even equal with God? And we treat the devil like as if he has all this power. The only reason why he has power is because you gave it to him. Because God said, I gave you all power. He said, I gave you power over all the power of the enemy. I gave you power over all the power of the enemy. What does all mean? So if the enemy is fighting you and winning is because you gave him the power to. And if you gave it to him, take it back. God gives you power of the enemy. He gives you power over your emotions. You cannot have faith and be emotional. Your emotions have nothing to do with it. Your feelings have nothing to do with it. It doesn't matter how you feel. Faith always trumps. It trumps over depression. It, it, It trumps over rejection. It trumps over loneliness. It trumps over low self-esteem. Faith does. Faith is a law. But faith is also a realm. Hebrews 11 is dedicated to people that lived in the realm of faith. Faith calls you up higher. Sometimes God will call you forward. Other times, God will call you higher. God said to John, come up higher. Sometimes he'll call you out of, like the disciples. Sometimes he'll call you higher. And being called higher means that you will operate amongst the same people. But you will dominate and rule and lead from a higher realm, an elevated realm. You got to change socialization, education, culturalization, and then relationships. If you're in the kingdom, you got to be very, very careful about the people that are around you. God said to Abraham, as soon as Lot left him, You have spiritual abortionists, spiritual distractors, people that will hold your attention and eat up your time and waste your time. People that talk about the same thing over and over. They told you that story last year, the year before, the year before. They're time wasters. People that keep repeating a story over and over don't want to change. And there's nothing you could do about it. You are going to be motivated. My job tonight is to inspire motivation. Motivation is a force 
attached to an outcome. You could be motivated to do something, but if you never intend to do it, you'll never do it. Motivation is attached to a goal. Intention is attached to the process that brings you to that goal. It's like going on a diet. You see that size eight pair of pants, a size two pair of pants, and you say, I'm going to be skinny like that. So you're motivated. You're motivated by what you see. Something inspired your motivation. But you go home and you keep eating pounded yam, jollof rice, pepper soup with goat meat, moi moi, igusi soup, draw soup. And you keep eating it and eating it and eating it. It means, it means you're motivated, but you have no intentions. Intention means that you start placing steps towards it. It means that you establish goals and you do something about reaching that goal. And you do it on a daily basis and a monthly basis until you reach that goal. Which of you intending to build does not first sit down and calculate how much it would cost? Which of you going to battle? It's about the process. And so all week long, you're going to be inspired, you're going to be motivated. But you've got to intend to apply. You don't come to a conference and take great notes and don't go home and meditate. What am I going to do with it? Even if you extrapolate one revelation that you get that you're going to apply from every message. When you intend to do something, heaven conspires with earth to get the resources to you. Whether it's relationships, whether it's people, whether it's finances, whether it's opportunities, whether it's a network. Moses goes up in a mountain. And he was motivated by something God said. But he had the intention of doing it. How do we know? Because he wrapped his son and he put it on the altar. If you intend to do something, it's like you have already done it. There are some things that God will tell you to do. He may not require you to do it. He just wants to know if you intend to. And as Abraham, excuse me, as Abraham, I said Moses, but Abraham, as he goes and begins to walk towards the act a ram began to walk towards him. When you intend to do something, Elijah, go down by the brook called Charon. And as he begins to go, God releases a raven that fed him. When you intend to obey God, heaven obligates itself to conspire with earth to bring you the 
resources. 2019 is going to be the most resourceful year. God is going to supernaturally set you up and hook you up. You are going to have a divine hookup. This is Zechariah's dream. Zechariah had a dream. And he said, what is this? Because he saw this spigot that was connected to the olive tree. And it flowed straight into the candelabra. And he said, what is this? And the interpretation of that vision is God is going to cut the process short and give you a divine hookup. Because we all know that olives have to be crushed and the oil had to be extracted from it. And then it had to be consecrated by the priest. Then it could be used. But in the vision that God gave Zechariah, the spigot was connected straight to the olive tree. And God cut the process short. This is a year of acceleration. What would have taken you a year, you're going to do it in a month. What would take you a month, you're going to do it in a week. What would take you a week, you're going to do it in a day. This is a year of divine acceleration. But you just have to intend to obey God. He's going to give you visions. He's going to give you instructions. He's going to give you wisdom. And when he does it, you got to obey. Just through sheer obedience, you're going to tap into another realm of the supernatural. The way people saw you operate, they're going to see something different. They're going to be shocked. People don't expect anything from you, but God is getting ready to shock them. God is ready to get, getting ready to leave their mouths open. They're going to see what God is doing in your life. They're going to open their mouth and gasp and they're not going to be able to close their mouths because God is getting ready to knock the wind out of them. You're going to do some great things for God this year and for the rest of your life. History is going to record your name. History will never forget that there once lived a person by the name of... Oh, I can't hear you. There once lived a person by the name of Cindy Trim. Oh, I don't hear you. I don't hear you. There once lived a person by the name of. Turn to the person on your left and right. And say, get to know me real good. Because in the days to come, you might call me up, but I may not have the time to go to lunch with you. Take me to lunch now. Give me a gift now. Send me flowers now. 
You're sitting next to someone great. You're sitting next to someone powerful. You're sitting next to a history maker. You're sitting next to an innovator. You're sitting next to a mover and shaker. You're sitting next to a line crosser. The person on your left and right are the person that I'm talking about. Look to your left and right say, I think she's talking about you. Say, I know, I know, I know. You're just finding out. Greatness is sitting next to you. If you want to know what dominion feels like, just rub your neighbor's shoulder and say, this is what it feels like, baby. I'm going out of here to dominate. This is what wisdom feels like. Rub that shoulder. You always want to know what it feels like to be wise. This is what it feels like. You always wanted to know what it feels like to be a leader. This is what it feels like. You always wanted to know what it feels like to be powerful. Baby, you are sitting next to someone that is powerful. Did your neighbor rub your shoulder? Did they act like they were happy to sit beside you? Because if they weren't happy, change your seat. Somebody is happy for you. Someone will celebrate you. Someone will honor you. Someone will esteem you. If the person next to you don't want to do it, someone in here will. Move your seat. Don't wait for them to move. You move. The greatest gift you could give yourself is the gift of goodbye. Like they say in the States, bye, Felicia. Turn to your neighbor and say, bye, Felicia. When you walk out of here, I want you to give yourself a going away party. You're leaving poverty. You're leaving abuse. You're leaving rejection. You're leaving depression. You're leaving suicide. You're leaving being on the bottom. You're leaving pain. This is a night for coming out. You are coming out. You are coming out of depression. You are coming out of suicide. You are coming out of poverty. Give five people a high five. Say, I'm coming out. When they hit you, they're coming into agreement with it. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. This is my coming out party. This is not only my coming out party. This is my going away party. This is the last day you will see me in this state. Last day. This is the last day you'll see me in this state. Everything about me is going to be changed. My mind is going to be changed. My money is going to be changed. My marriage is going to be changed. My business is going to be changed. My ministry is going to be changed. My emotions are going to be changed. Everything about me 
take your seat. It takes a lot of faith. Hebrews 11 and 5. How many of you are excited that God created you as you? I'm happy to be me. I'm glad he didn't create you, you, me, you. I'm the only one best qualified to be me. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm happy I'm me. Turn to that same neighbor and say, you do you, I'm going to do me. I got things to do. Hebrews 11 and 5. Whenever God begins to speak to you, it takes a lot of faith. You must be activated in faith to walk out where God is speaking. Hebrews 11 and 5, by faith. And while you're there, pick, uh, go to the book of Colossians chapter 1, 12, 13. Let's braid these two together. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. And it's interesting because we talk about how he disappeared without a trace, but that's not true. The colon is very important. Although he was taken, the Bible said he left some breadcrumbs behind. He left some proof behind that he lived in the earth. There was proof. The Bible said, for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. God himself testified of him. Colossians 1, 2 to 13, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, in wisdom, in revelation. Who have delivered us from the power of darkness, the kingdom of darkness. Darkness, the absence of light, the absence of revelation, the absence of wisdom. We were ignorant to the fact of who we were, how powerful we were. We were ignorant to the fact that although scientists use monkeys and compare man with a monkey, God never co compared you to an orangutan or a monkey. He compared you to angels. He said, I made man just a little lower than angels. God never used an animal to try to get you to understand how powerful you were. He said, if you want to understand how powerful you are, look at an angel and then you'll begin to understand who you are as a human being. He made you a little lower than angels, not a little higher than animals. Animals can't change who they are. A dog will always be a dog. A cat will always be a cat. A giraffe will always be a giraffe. A lion will always be a lion. But you could be born in poverty and die in wealth. You don't have to stay where you are. The moment you decide, you could change your destiny. Because purpose is determined by God, but your destiny is determined by you. The prodigal son sank so deep, he was hanging with the pigs. Desiring to eat pig slop.
But when he came to himself, he said to himself, the moment you have the ability to begin to decree over your life who you are is the moment you change one season into a next. Just through your own words, you can shift your destiny. Through your own words, you could change your reality. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And he that loves the fruit, he that loves it shall eat the fruit thereof. God said, be fruitful, multiply. Fruitfulness has to do with potential. It has, fruitfulness has the ability to look at a seed and speak to the potential of the seed. And a seed is anything that has the life force within itself to be greater than itself at any given moment. At any given moment of your life, you can be greater than. It means that if you're performing at a million, you can perform at a billion. If you're performing at a billion, you can perform at a trillion. A seed has the life-given force innately given to it to be greater than itself at any given moment. It means that nothing about you has to remain the same and I feel the anointing. I feel God activating the potential in someone today. God delivered you from darkness. You don't have to sit in darkness any longer, not knowing who you are, deceived by the devil. God has given you real eyes to realize the real lies. It's a lie. You are not a victim of circumstance. You are a victor. You are an overcomer. The word overcome means to come up over. It means that nothing has to oppress you any longer. It can oppress your family. It can oppress your friends but you don't have to live as an oppressed individual you don't have to live as a marginalized individual whom the sun sets free is free indeed there's nothing in this world that can bind you only your mind but the moment you allow God to liberate you in your mind you will be free in our text we read about Enoch Enoch is written in the book of Hebrews Hebrews is dedicated to to highlight the man and the women of faith. The Bible said by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and he was not found because God had translated uh, him the Bible says that God has also translated us it means that we live in realms that are non detectable to the human eye it means I have not seen ear have not heard neither has it entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for them it means that some people may not be able to detect the realm that you live in and the kingdom that you live in but it doesn't have to be a mystery to you it means that God when he does it he also gives you the revelation of where you are living it means the secret things belong unto God but those things which are revealed belong unto man God is getting ready to reveal how powerful you are and the first revelation that he is going to do give is the revelation that he'll give to you directly he's going to give you heads up as to what he has called you for and the bible said this about Enoch God said that he pleased God this is the last day you're going to live with 
the need to be people pleasing. I'd rather disappoint man, hallelujah, than to disappoint God. I decree and declare God is elevating your faith. I decree you are no longer going to be afraid to do the things that God has called you to do. You will no longer be afraid to rise up and build. You will no longer be afraid to rise up and own. It doesn't matter who talks about you and what they say about you on social media. People that make comments on social media are cowards. I decree and declare you will no longer, hallelujah, pay attention to their comments. I decree that you will understand that when your enemies show up because God is getting ready to say to your enemies, eat your heart out. He's preparing a banqueting table, hallelujah, before your enemies. I decree that this is the last day you are going to be people pleasing. The Bible said that he had this testimony that he pleased God hallelujah the only thing that the Bible says that pleases God is faith hallelujah the Bible said that without faith it is impossible to please God that means that he lived in a realm of faith I want you to know that faith is a game changer faith levels the playing field faith is a destiny altar faith is a vision changer Faith is a perspective adjuster. I decree and declare you are having a similar experience that Habakkuk had. Habakkuk in chapter 1 complains to God about the debauchery and about the hard time he was living in. But in chapter 2 he said, I will stand on my watch and set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what he says to me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved and the Lord answered me and said write the vision I decree and declare from out of this congregation Nigeria's greatest visionaries are rising up rise shine for your light has come faith alters hallelujah how you see things faith alters how you see yourself faith alters your expectation faith arrest the faculty of the mind it harnesses your imagination so that what you imagine you will perform I decree and declare you are looking with new eyes God said to Abraham after Lot had left him and separated from him lift up now hallelujah thy eyes and look from the place where thou art northward southward eastward westward God is getting ready to give you a panoramic view of the amazing things that you are about to do I decree and declare that the eyes of your understanding are being enlightened God told Abraham look with your eyes it doesn't matter how people see you but it does matter how you see yourself I decree and declare you see yourself from the same perspective that God sees you faith helps you to look beyond where you are. The reason why people end up stuttering, the reason why people life remains the same is because they do not have the ability to look from where they are to look 
beyond where they are. They only look where they are. But I decree and declare God is changing your perspective. It doesn't matter what your immediate conditions are. You see yourself in a different place when faith is given to you. Faith helps you to look beyond where you are. How far can you see? God said to Abraham, as far as you can see, I have given it to you. How far can you see? How far can you see? Can you see beyond this week? Can you see beyond next month? Can you see five years from now? If you can see into your future, it's just a matter of time before you will be living the life of your dream. Can you see your country moving forward? Can you see yourself amongst the best? Can you see yourself as the president and CEO of your own Fortune 100 or your own Fortune 500 company? How far can you see? Can you see your products? Can you see your goods? Can you see your creations? Can you see your dresses? Can you see your recipes? Number one position in the marketplace, not only in Nigeria, but also in the world. Can you see your name on the New York Times bestseller list? Can you see all the people's lives you have touched, you have changed, you have empowered, you have influenced with your nonprofit organization? How far can you see? Can you see yourself sitting on your yacht, sailing along the Mediterranean? Can you see your face in light on the side of a billboard? Can you see your name of your business on a large corporate building that you own? Can you see yourself walking across the stage with your PhD in your hand? Can you see yourself as the number one partner in a law firm? What about owning that restaurant? What about winning the gold medal at the Olympic game? Can you see yourself Can you see yourself at the top of the letter of success? Can you see yourself with the spouse of your dream? Can you see yourself with a happy family? Can you see yourself celebrating 30-year anniversary? Can you imagine people singing your song 100 years from now? What about hosting your own reality show? Can you see yourself making this world a better place by giving back to society? Can you see yourself standing in a stadium with millions of people listening to you deliver one of the most compelling messages anyone has ever delivered? Can you see the crowd growing wild as you inspire them through your dance, as you inspire them through your music? Can you see the sparkle in a children's eye as you educate them? Can you see the gratitude on the face of a patient when you say that they are cancer free they are disease free can you see your children growing up as a successful athlete can you see yourself can you see yourself helping can you see yourself coaching can you see yourself leading can you see yourself writing can you see yourself preaching can you see yourself prophesying can you see yourself teaching can you see yourself driving can you see yourself building If you can see it, it's just a matter of time before you can do it and before you can see it as far as 
My time is up, so I'm going to close. Faith helps you to do the unthinkable, to believe for the impossible, and to manifest the incredible. Faith brings the unseen to those who believe it. Faith is a supernatural highway that connects you to God. And when you're connected to God, you're connect, connected to greatness. Enoch had this testimony. To testify means that it's incontestable proof. Where is the proof that you are living in the kingdom? Will another generation speak about you? Will another generation study you? Will another generation talk about the things that you created? A testimony is the evidence, is the sworn statement, is the confirmation, is the verification, it's the substantiation, it's the affirmation. He had this testimony. He had a testimony. And history recorded his name. And God made sure that the world never forgotten. What has God called you to do that another generation will testify of it? What has God called you to create that another industry will testify of it? What has God called you to innovate that another country will testify of it? What has God called you to leave as a legacy that another ministry will testify of it? What has God called you to leave for your children and grandchildren as an inheritance that another generation will testify it? Testimonies influence the outcome. That's the end. Testimonies, play please, influences the outcome of a court case. Testimonies are about winning. Testimonies about winning. It influences the outcome. I'm declaring and decreeing you're in a new season. Yeah. This is your season to win. Yeah. The kingdom of heaven is made up of winners. Even as Enoch was translated and he was not. And he had this testimony that he pleased God. He's a faith guy. People think he left without a trace, but that is not true. He left a great testimony. Testimony influences the outcome. Don't leave this world without a trace. One day you're going to be buried. But it doesn't mean that your ideas have to be buried with you. Einstein was placed in the grave, but we still use refrigerators. 
Alexander Graham Bell was placed in a grave, but the telephone still rings. Thomas Edison is in the, in, in the grave, but we still use electric light bulbs. Ford is in the grave, but we still drive cars. Stephen Jobs is in a grave, but we still use his iPhones, iTunes. Sam Walton is in the grave, but we still shop at Walmart. Walt Disney is in the grave, but we're still excited about Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, Donald Duck, and Tinkerbell. The Wright brothers are in the grave, but we still fly. Charles Seaberger is in the grave, but we still ride escalators. King Camp Gillette is still in the grave, but we still shave with his razors. Hubert Booth is in the grave, but today we still vacuum. Willis Carrier is in the grave, but we are still cooling our buildings with the air condition. James McKenzie is in the grave, but we still distinguish truth from a lie because he created the polygraph. Edward Bynum is still in the grave, but we are still coloring our world with crayons. Mary Anderson is still in the grave, but we are still clearing our windshield of a car with our windshield wiper. Clarence Craven is in the grave, but we still enjoy lifesavers. Gideon Soundback is in the grave, but we still zip up our pants. Garrett Morgan is in the grave, but the military is still using the gas mask. Eugene Solomon is in the grave, but we are still using Pyrexes. These great innovators had something on the inside and within their lifetime they left a testimony that said there once lived a man by the name of Stephen Jobs there once lived a man by the name of Thomas Edison there once lived a man by the name of Albert Einstein. There once lived a man by the name of the Apostle Paul. There once lived a woman by the name of Deborah. There once lived a woman by the name of Esther. There once lived a man by the name of Joseph. Everybody I called modern, historical, and biblical. They all started right where you start with something hidden on the inside of them. Something that God uniquely gave them and they hid it. And as a result, we're testifying. Enoch was a man of faith. And when he died, preachers said that he left without a trace. But that is a lie. He left this world with a testimony. How will the next generation know that you lived? You're going to live in such a way that you're going to leave this world with a testimony. I decree and declare that none of us will leave this world without a trace. Our Father and our God, we give you praise and honor and glory. Something's moving, something's shaking. You stirred faith up in us. We had an opportunity to look at ourselves. 
to decide tonight that our tomorrow will look nothing like our yesterday. That we're going to give you permission to anoint us right now and to break yokes. To take our life off a stutter. We're not going to believe the same way, live the same way, expect the same thing, keep the same people in our lives, talk about the same thing. We're going to move on. Tonight is our going away party. The Holy Spirit is throwing it. The moment we say within ourselves, I deserve to live better. I am a child of the king and I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I'm having an Enoch experience. You're taking me into another realm and although the natural eye will not be able to discern it, I'm going to be the testimony. I'm going to be the incontestable proof that I'm a child of God. The incontestable proof is going to show up in the things that I do, the things that I accomplish. For those that do know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. I decree and declare this is a season of great exploits. And so, ladies and gentlemen, Noah, an innovator, technologist, multi-talented, multi-gifted in the middle of a national, national crisis defied the odds because he heard God say build. I decree and declare the anointing of Noah is coming upon us. We will arise at once and build. We're building new lives and building businesses and building products and building buildings and building sermons and engineering new messages and engineering new songs. I decree we are pushing our industry forward and pushing Nigeria forward and affecting the GDP and GNP positively. I decree we are making our contribution. We are not going to be like the fig tree that refused to produce. We are producing. We are no longer non-productive. I decree and declare our days of non-productivity are over. We are not going to sap Nigeria of its resources and not give back. I decree and declare we are giving back. We are living our best life and we are bringing the best to the table. The best of who we are not the worst of who we are the best of who we are I decree and declare that we are evolving every single day changing every single day growing every single day and the end of this week we will not be like we were at the beginning of this week we are changing we are honing our skills we are maximizing our potential we are no longer pleasing man we are pleasing God as we receive the anointing of Enoch father I thank you that even as Enoch is still influencing us because of his testimony I decree and declare we are now kingdom influencers we are influencing how 
now our industry is moving forth. We are influencing our family. We are influencing our friends. We are influencing non-believers. We are influencing the government. We are influencing ministry. We are influencers. I decree and declare today you are rising. You are shining for the light has come and the glory of God is risen upon you from today onward. I decree you will glorify God. You will become everything that God wants you to be. You will maximize your potential. Now unto him who is able to do the exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think as according to the power that works in you. And once again, I decree over you that you will live in such a way that history will record your name. And you will not leave this world without a trace. God bless you. Hello, you can do better. Come on, you can do better. If, if indeed you have received anything tonight, I think the best way you can show it is to celebrate it. I can hear you. I can hear you. Glory be to God in the highest. Simply put, it's either you are coming out or you are entering some trouble, you are in a trouble, or you are coming out of a trouble. No, the trouble is not the problem. God has settled you. But what you say will determine whether you go forward or stuck. So Christianity is a speaking, it's not a religion, it's a speaking lifestyle. Thank you very much. Dr. Cindy. Be assured that there will be plenty of testimonies.